Hi, Bill. Welcome to the podcast. Good morning. You have a business that I wanted to bring to my listeners to to learn more about because it's on the topic of music, which is one of my favorite topics. Is it music morphic? What, tell You're me really about close. it. I know I struggled with that. <laughs> Muse morphic. No, see. Oh, okay. Musimorphic. And where did yeah. you come up with that name? Well, it's a neologism. We, we had to do something because I was, I still am incorporated as music care. Okay. And of course the Grammys have a music care foundation, music cares, Oh, okay. which helps uh, musicians mm-hmm. that need social support and, and services, and all that kind of stuff. And, it's a conflict. Plus, care is too small, mm. you know, for what this is. So, put our heads together, did some branding, came up with Musimorphic. Uh, nobody else has it yet, so if you're looking for it, it's going to be brand new out there. Okay. It's hard to spell. It's hard to get your mouth around. That's it, okay, but, but once you get it, you'll remember you it. it. You'll so remember it. Tell us what it does. What it? What is the core values and goals of your business? Right. So, Musimorphic is all about reinvigorating what we used to do with music. And by used to, I mean thousands of years ago. There's a guy who's a musicologist who I love who's just written a book on this called Music to Raise the Dead. Oh, like that. Yeah. Okay. I mean, this goes back to ancient Egypt. It goes back to ancient Greece. It incorporates the shadow journey. Mm-hmm. All of the sort of modern psychology is rooted in music back in the day. And we're, not, we're talking just philosophy, psychology, a lot of the sciences, everything that we started to think about in Western terms comes out of rhythm and sound. Mm-hmm. And Ted's done this great, amazing book to be able to document that. And it's really interesting how paths converge, right? Because I've been experiencing this from the piano bench, you know, watching audiences and seeing what happens and getting curious and finding out why. And Ted's been documenting what has actually been going on. Mm. And we're at this point right now where I think in the world in general, people understand that there's more. Yeah. You know, that we're missing something. Something mm. is not quite right. And there's more. And that moreness is in many ways embodied in music. And while we all know about it, I don't think we all really get it. Mm-hmm. And so my sort of job in the world is to help people really get it and find out how they can integrate with music in a way that may be deep, deeper or different than anything they've been doing. So you're suggesting that music is a form of self-care. It is. Oh, wait, it's way, way deeper than that. I thought it was too, right? And I still say self-care. Uh, it's kind of a kitschy term though. But because music works physically and mentally and emotionally and spiritually, it goes so much deeper than just like relaxation. Nothing wrong with relaxation, right? right? Or working out, you know, exercise. You can do so much with music in those, in those domains, but there's more to it, right? It helps with connectivity. And we're here to talk about relationship, right? But if you connect with somebody over music, whether you're playing in a band or remember sharing mixtapes? Of course. Right, right. So if <laughs> That's you did, how you shared with, for those of you right. who are youngsters and don't know what right. a tape is or a mixtape, you would take a collection of music that maybe inspired how yeah, you felt about felt the other person or felt yeah. about yourself that was inspirational, that created an attitude or a mood. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And then share that. Yeah. And, you know, oftentimes I've had mixtapes given to me. I've made them for other people. And sometimes the mixtape is about the other person. Mm. And what you're listening to is the things that they can't say, mm. right? That they want to tell you in some way, yeah. but they can't do it. And music does. Mm. It, it conveys that. And sometimes it's about being supported. Like, here's a, here's a CD. We used to, I mean, I had a car with a tape player a long time ago, but now it's CD. So, so here's I. a CD, long drive, <laughs> listen to this, you know. Yeah. And it's so amazing. Like, my wife, Rebecca, would make those for me on long drives. And I'd be able to listen to her and, and 
be with her in that sense. So her energy yeah. was traveling in the car it's with right you, yeah. right? And that yeah. she took the time to relate those words, those musics, those thoughts to how she felt about you. There you go. Created a connection. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or a sustained one or deepened one. Or if you're really listening, sometimes it raises questions. So this is the, ma- the amazing thing about music, right? If you get to play in a band or if you get to watch a band, you can see like on the stage, how the musicians are relating. Yeah. Sometimes after a really great song, they turn around and kind of smile, like, you know, yeah, I really nailed that one, right? There's a communication that happens that's nonverbal. Um, it's energetic. I mean, I use a word, right? But there are other parts of it. Obviously, we can talk about neurotransmitters and how mirror neurons do this stuff and what we feel and the chemistry, but it's conveying all of that in a more holistic way. And I don't know if people are comfortable with the word, but spiritual seems to be the one that sure. encapsulates that energy. Mm-hmm. You know? And that's the thing that's really magical about music, because when you are aware of that and you're open to that, all of a sudden things go deep mm. without even trying. It goes right below the head and you're in your heart, you're in your gut, you're in a place where you're feeling. It's a lousy word, but that's what we've got, yeah. right? No. Where you're feeling something that is, that is before thought. Yeah. Right? I, I envision it. Here's an example that maybe is like relatable or symbolic. I remember I broke up from a relationship one time and I was in the grocery store (laughs) and they were playing like a really sad, they were playing a really sad journey song. And I was like, (gasps) tears were coming down my face. I didn't even know they played music in the grocery store. I'm sure they didn't just start that day, but there was something that I was open to it. I couldn't help it. I was in my feelings. I was sensing things. I was taking in different parts of my world experience, right? Is that kind of what you're... That's it, and, and we need that. Mm. You know, a catharsis. It's a catharsis, and it's a transformation. And if you really want to get into it, it's like a mini shadow journey mm. that's available to everyone. And the really cool thing, and this is this is where, um, I know I sort of depart from psychotherapy in some ways, but mm-hmm. not to be disrespectful, just to say, hey, there's this, because we talk about as therapists, I can say psychotherapy is my thinking, how I yeah. process my cognitive. And you're saying, hey, there's just as much information in sitting with yeah, the feelings. Let's, let's connect it, right? Mm-hmm. Those little shadow journeys. There's a, a therapist that I love. I wish I could meet him. Robert Johnson mm-hmm. wrote a book called Owning Your Own Shadow. Mm-hmm. And this was really transformative for me because I suddenly understood how this process that I was going through, these shadow journeyings uh, with music, was connected to all the therapy that I did in. Mm. And being able to put those two things together really brought a lot of things home for me. Because I got it mentally, but when I began to experience it, it all changed. And what I discovered about that process is that music can prepare you for that. It's like a little practice session, right? It's grounding too, it's, right? It, you it, have to get oh, into your body. totally to... safe and you can be present. Yeah. And you can experience some really deep things like on purpose. Even in a practice, right? You can experience those deep things, which is what, let's face it, we musicians have to do every time we sit down at the piano or pick up our instrument. We have to be able to go there on command, right? And this is a process anyone can use. It's not hard to learn. It's a little bit scary at first. Like, Bill, you're going to make me feel what? Uh, so there's a fear of <laughs> oh yeah, putting yourself in a place to purposely get in touch with your Being feelings. vulnerable. Yeah. It's there. But all the rewards. Speaking of relationships, do you think then that having an intentional 
sitting together, listening to music as a way to open up an emotional connection between a couple that maybe one of them has had trauma or they're just not familiar with it or uncomfortable with it. Is that something that could be a good experience? It's a really wonderful experience. Um, I have been, I don't know, with thousands of people now, I guess, in this place of watching someone open up to either music they're playing, like mm-hmm. in guitars or vests, they're playing the guitar and all of a sudden something clicks, or music they're hearing. Mm-hmm. I've watched this happen to other couples. Um, one of the most beautiful experiences I have of this is playing on stage. I was doing a concert, and my parents were in the room, and I played a song that I knew was special to them. Mm-hmm. It's one of the few times in my life I've seen my dad cry. You know, and, and I knew the connection was happening there. I hadn't planned it, but let's face it, musicians are manipulators, right? This is what we do. <laughs> you we know how to get us? You can right? pull our heartstrings, we, we know how to do so it, to right? speak. <laughs> yeah. and, and it's so satisfying. But when you watch that process happen, I know, I know you've seen this in couples therapy. Sure. You can see the lights come on. Yeah. And getting to that place, not a therapist here, a musician, but getting to that place, watching that place, being able to facilitate that place happen. Oh, my gosh. There's nothing like that feeling. Mm-hmm right? Of, of seeing it work. And when it does work, I can't think of a better word for it. It's magical. Sounds very healing as well. So oh, maybe yeah. for the way there's been misunderstandings or conflict or just not finding the right words yeah. that like sharing that emotional connection around the music. Around and, the music, right. And it doesn't necessarily have to be like a love song that you both know. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the most interesting things to me is when you ask someone about their music, Oftentimes, what you get is something that would be completely different from your preconception of that mm. person, right? Mm. Uh, like asking them what kind of music they resonate with? Well, it's, it goes deeper than that. I like to ask people, what's the song on your heart? Mm. Because that gets you right out of your head. Mm-hmm. And most of the time, if you're asking a guy, he's going to sit back and think, gosh, I don't know right now. Right? <laughs> Women are with it. Yeah. They're, they're like, oh, yeah, I can do that. Right? <laughs> but this gets men into a place which is available all the time. Mm. But the response is something like, gosh, nobody's ever asked me that, Bill. Mm. And why not, right? Why shouldn't we talk about that? Mm. It objectifies the thing. It doesn't, it isn't so personal that way. You can say, oh, this is the song. And yeah, it's yours. But it, it puts it out there in a place where everybody can sort of listen and observe it. I'm almost visualizing as you're saying that, like if one partner is, let's just say they had a rough day at work and they're not super present with you and you want to gently sort of help them come back into the room, would it be a good technique to say like, hey, I'm wondering if there's a song that is on your heart right now, as you say, or there's something that would represent how you you are right now or what's going on for you and like have them come with that versus like, Hey, come back here. I don't know. Why, why have you left question. me? I love that question. Um, you know, it's going to be up to, to the partners who know each other. There's times where I come home and I just need to decompress, right. you know, before I start getting into anything deep. Yeah. But yeah, sure. That's an appropriate question because at some point or another, you want to reestablish that intimacy and Music is a good way of sort of connecting back from mm-hmm. points to points throughout the day. My wife and I have a favorite song or two, you know, like most couples do. Mm-hmm. And when they come on, it's just, oh, it can, it can bring us both to tears. Yeah. And it's, it's really magical because, you know, you program a playlist and it's totally random. Mm-hmm. But when you start to pay attention to that stuff, I don't know what does it, but those songs show up at just the right moment. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Completely random. I like to be a bit more intentional about it, but mm-hmm. even the randomness of it, you know, is 
part of what makes things work mm -hmm. in a relationship. Being able to respond to that, yeah, it's good stuff. So what should couples be considering as they intentionally sit down to co-create an effect on their relationship? What tips would you have for them? You know, one of the things that's so beautiful is that a lot of us have done work, right? Some kind or another. And that all that work works up here. And, and music is sort of the layer below that, that mental, emotional, physical, spiritual thing, MEPS, mm -hmm. is, rides uh, below the work level. So once you understand that, if you can sort of connect your mental, emotional, physical state to the work you want to do, then you're going to empower everything. Mm. I, I guess there's a lot of MEPS tools. I know music, so we'll mm -hmm. talk about that. Mm -hmm. But the easiest way to do that is to say, okay, here's our couple thing. And we desire X, mm -hmm. whatever it is. Mm -hmm. If you can connect that desire to something musical, doesn't that just change everything? Because you're not just willing it anymore, mm. or, you know, feeling it anymore, mm -hmm. or like grinding it out anymore, or even praying for it anymore. Mm. All of it comes together in music with an intention that lets you take that desire and just raise it up into all of the tools that you already work with, and already know. Like the great questions we're talking about, the Jeffrey Gunther questions. Yeah. There's so many, oh my gosh, there's so many tools available today. Right. Um, supportive therapists, pastors, whatever. Everybody's working on this because relationship is what it's all about. Mm -hmm. Right. So whatever the modality, if you can support that some way with music, it's going to supercharge the whole process. So what do you suggest them great ideas? What if we as a couple don't share the same kind of music philosophy? Even better. Yes, right? <laughs> right? Because that's part of our difference. Mm. So uh, I like metal music. You like Beethoven. I don't know. We'll try that. That's, fan that's totally fantastic because mm. what that does is it opens up a way where you can say, well, Bill, why metal, right? Mm. What's that doing for you? I might say, well, you know, it, it releases so much energy for me. It is joyous. It helps me dial back my busy mind. It gets me to a place where I can even have a relationship, you know, outside of just my spin. Yeah. And you might think, well, that's, gosh, I never knew that about you before. That's why you listen to metal music? Oh, that makes sense to me. Because ultimately we want the same things. It's just my ride to the place is a little different. I mm -hmm. use metal, you use Beethoven. Okay, fine. That all is good because we connect in the same place. But we get there in different ways. So you understand something more about me now. And in my case, having uh, been a not so into rap and hip hop, I've discovered the amazing juice in hip hop that I didn't know about before I started asking people, right? It was the Why emotion behind it, it and the release. How does this work? Mm -hmm. And they told me, and I found out that we all share pain, <laughs> right? And coming to that place and being able to be in the like in the end result, understanding the, the empathetic connection that we have, that was the most important thing. Mm. And that opened me up to a whole genre of music that I hadn't experienced that way before. I'd sort of been, no, I don't want to hear that. Now I, I feel it. Yeah. Right? I think that also would be a really possibly safer emotional way for couples to start connecting that haven't connected there you in go. a this long therapist, period. Everybody. Well, I'm always right? like, let me spin it. Yeah. No, <laughs> like, because it. it's like, if we're not talking about really difficult things, it's hard for us as therapists to be like, okay, tell me the really hard things. Sit down and be vulnerable with right. each other. Go. Yeah. Right. It's, yeah. Like that's going to happen. <laughs> I think that's like a beautiful kind of first step into what have you been feeling about the relationship? Is there a song or a style of music that represents 
your experience of where we're at right now there is you go. a couple. So this is, this is it in yeah. example A, right? Yeah. And that's exactly the work because uncovering that and getting down to a level and, and because it's not, because it's music that I like, it's sort of separate from me. It's not me mm-hmm. being, I'm still psychologically safe mm-hmm. and sharing this. And you can look at it and go, okay. And, and that thing then opens up a pathway back to me, understanding that didn't exist before, mm-hmm. empathy that didn't exist mm-hmm. before, and a connection ultimately that didn't exist before over something that might seem, oh man, I've never listened to Bill's music. He likes no, that's not for me. Well, when you understand how much it means, use the word, how much I feel, yeah, or what it does for me energetically, that's a whole different ballgame. And you're talking about yourself. You're not projecting onto the other person or right. telling them why they do something. It kind of like checks all the boxes. It checks all the boxes, right? Yeah. And that's what MEPS tools do. I mean, they, they're there for us to use in whatever form you might want to use them. And, and I know music is one. Um, I can think of others, but let's stay with music for now. Yeah. No, I I love all of this. What What other things do you do in your business just in case somebody has a partner that was like, oh, I, I want to help my partner get support, sure. like using music as healing? What- uh, obviously, I consult. Uh, there, there are ways of being able to learn these techniques, really. There are musician techniques. Mm-hmm. Anyone can do them because it doesn't involve playing. Mm-hmm. It involves what we hear. And I teach those. Um, I've sort of productized everything that I know so far into an online quest. And I call it a quest because it's a gamified environment where couples or cohorts or individuals can come in and, and play together in a musical way that opens them up to the potential here and then helps them uh, ritualize their performance, shall we say? It's a listening performance, but ritualize their in on the music. And that's been fun because I can share it with people who are at all levels. Um, people who want to change corporate cultures use it. People mm-hmm. who want to recover from post-traumatic stress symptoms use it. I've had the incredible privilege of working here in San Diego with homeless veterans and with addicts and just all kinds of at-risk people in our community that are so beautiful. Mm-hmm. And being able to offer this as a at least a help. So you're using musical instruments as a way to sort of... Yeah, we do that. Facilitate? Like, what? what is... So if I was in a relationship and I called you up and I'm like, Bill, my partner and I need some music therapy, what would you tell Oh, well, them? if it's music therapy, I'm going to take off a hat because music therapy is completely different than me. Okay, good. I See, am. so people don't so that you know. understand all the differences. So talk and about really that important. a important. bit. It's really important. One of my favorite organizations here is called Resounding Joy. Mm-hmm. And Resounding Joy does amazing music therapy work. Uh, music therapists are licensed and credentialed. They often are masters or PhD educated. And the practice of music therapy is creating a therapeutic relationship that involves music. Mm-hmm. There's also music psychotherapy. You're going to love this, mm-hmm. which is not music therapy. Music psychotherapy is where you sing your session. Oh, right. So I'd come Interesting. in. Interesting. Okay. And it's like an opera session. And, uh-huh. and we'd be singing to each other. Huh. It's okay. like, you know, non-dominant hand, it gets uh-huh. you below you. So yeah, there's that. But music therapy is is incredible. They work with post-traumatic stress veterans here in San Diego, uh, which is awesome. Yeah. It's completely awesome. Um, they've just been, music therapy as a profession, just been licensed finally for, or accepted, I think is a better word for it, yeah. for autism spectrum disorder. Mm. And that's 20 years in the process, you know, yeah. developing the protocols and all of that. Of course, music therapy is used in autism and memory care. So um, it's an incredible area. They also do things like drum circles. Mm-hmm. 
That's cool. Now I do a drum circle too, a certified drum circle facilitator, but mine involves a PA system and music and we drum along to the music. Mm. And because I've been doing this for such a long time with at-risk people, sometimes we use pails you can get from Home Depot and sticks and bang on those or any kind of djembes, whatever, whatever anybody's got, we do it. And we've been doing it outdoors before COVID. Mm. So we did it on the street down in East Village Mm. and sponsored by a great homeless organization that takes care of people. And that's such fun because then you really get it out physically. Yeah. But your average couple is not going to go to a homeless drum circle. <laughs> um, we do drum at home. Mm-hmm. All the kids and both of us have drums. And that's a great way for a family to be able to sort of integrate mm-hmm. and, and interact mm-hmm. together in a novel way. And playing music, of course, it opens you up. But really all you need is to be able to hear. Mm-hmm. So if you can hear, you can share music. And in a group or a small set, a small couple situation, starting with the music that you love is the research, because that's our most powerful music. We don't want to impose anything on you, but starting with the music you love opens you up to, the, to what happens next. And the next thing might be connecting music to intention. What's your intention as a couple? What's your intention as an individual or as an enterprise? Connecting that to music and finding the music that supports you in that intention and then practicing it, right? And using it ceremonially or ritually heightens the whole process. You want to welcome the spiritual into the room too. And that's what happens in a concert. Yeah, yeah. You know, concert rituals. So uh, the engagement is, I don't know, people call me a coach. I'm not sure if I'm comfortable with that. I feel more comfortable with educator, be able to help people understand. I'm not there to fix anything, but I can help guide people's use of music. And often that involves how they're using it in conjunction with therapy or in conjunction with some other thing that they're doing to just enliven the whole process. I actually think therapists should learn how to do this. I, you know, it's interesting as you're saying that I was thinking back to one of my first memories with my partner is we sat around and look, first of all, no one just listens to music anymore. Right. right. I mean, I know. We it's like, the stereo. and so we were listening to like songs that we grew up with and like yeah. sharing that with each other as a way to like, first of all, you have memories from that time that oh, yeah. you experienced in your life. And that was a formula. Most of us are formulating who we are as people. Right. right. And so what was happening for you at the time? Why was this song so significant to you? What was what was developing for you as a person is a really nice way to, again, low stakes sharing right. about how you've became the person that you are and what are the things that have influenced you. And I think that that is a, a really powerful way to start to get so, to build relationships. So fundamental. Yeah. And I, I'll say this with great respect, but you don't have to be a music therapist to use music. Right. And that's the thing that excites me about it and why I started Music Care, watching veterans with guitars, it's self-care for post-traumatic stress symptoms. How does that happen? Well, we can explain it, but it happens. And so why not? If that can happen, why not? And I'm probably about 20 years ahead of the research on all of this, but it's catching up. So quick question. You may not know the the reason for this, but it just occurred to me. Why are there some people that really resonate with music and there's other people that just don't listen to it? What do you think is... The reason I love this question. I think we all would, but it may be cultural. Mm. I grew up in a musical family. Uh, seems like most of the people that I interact with have had something about music in their life. Thankfully, because mm. you know there wasn't music in school, at least in public school, for a long time. So it may be cultural. Uh, clearly, it's cultural if you go to the east. 
and the, East, the music is entirely different. Mm. But I think the effect, mm. right, the effect that music is still there, music that we in the West would hear as odd or strange or out of tune, can have a very profound impact on someone who grew up in the culture. So I think the answer is cultural. Mm. Um, oftentimes people will say, I, you know, I don't really listen to music at all. Yeah. And that's wonderful, like, right? Like, what, how, how do you, how do you not deal with have that? it on all the time? Yeah. The other thing that is sort of aligned with that is people who don't listen to or have a lot of music in them are now very fascinated with frequency, hmm. right? Okay. And the solfeggio tones and, you know, all of the, the love frequencies, whatever you hear about this stuff, all of it. And there's, um, I, I hate to call it science, but in fact, it is something like that. Cymatics where they take some substance and they play a frequency and it vibrates in these beautiful patterns. And it's fascinating stuff. Yeah. So there are lots of ways in on this. Uh, binaural beats are popular these days. Uh, there's a certain sort of EMDR-ness left, mm-hmm. right to this too. Uh, binaural beats are part of that. So even if there's no music appreciation, there are ways in that can often feel pretty scientific when you're talking about them. I don't know if we've got any reasons on why MDR works yet, but I suspect the reasons for that and the reasons for the binaural beats that oscillate people's fascination with brain states and brain waves and all of that are related in some way. And that's great. Science will catch up, but it is in fact vibration. And if that's something you understand, if you understand energy, you can appreciate the difference between uh, an angry vibration and a happy one. We've got to start. Yeah. It's a, it's a meditation. It is right. It's a soothing. It's, it's a soothing. something that takes you out of your brain and back into your body. Yes. Really. Which and, we need. and helps your soul feel more gentle and calm. Yeah. It helps align you with what's going on. Like the chatter up here can sort of stop in the presence of something that brings you deep. Meditation or chanting, toning, singing the Om. There are ways in on this and they don't often have to um, be complicated music, even the simplest music. But you're right about the childhood growing up. I, I remember nursery rhymes, right? And it's hard to forget the connection between the music and the words, and oftentimes, once you start to, when you begin with that, you go, oh my gosh, there's so many other things I remember because of music. And that that gets in just a little bit further. So you can work with that and eventually get to a place where people are going, oh my gosh, I didn't realize I was feeling that. Yeah. I loved this chat. I am a huge music nerd, so this was oh, exciting for me, and I'm, I'm really grateful to get the opportunity to share what you do because I think music is an important connection in life and so I'm really grateful that you were here thank oh, you for this thank you. how do people get in touch with you if they want to reach out to <laughs> if you? you can spell it musicmorphic <laughs> Bill Protzman it'll be in the show notes um, I'm pretty ubiquitous you can google me and find all kinds of stuff um, I still answer my own phone which I think is really important it's called customer service thank yes, you Bill appreciate right? it it's it's part of being authentic and um, if you can find that phone, <laughs> it's out there. I mean, I'm pretty public. So Facebook, Instagram, I'm not on Twitter. The internet you mentioned, there's YouTube, plenty of website. podcasts. There's mm-hmm. a website, musicmorphic.com. Mm-hmm. And the, the really great place to go, if you're curious, is the Quest. So quest.musicmorphic.com will get you to a very intimidating landing page because this is all about deepening consciousness. Mm-hmm. And I'm very open about that and leading with that because that's where we're going here. Mm -hmm. We really need to open ourselves to something more than where we've been. 
just look where we are. I mean, it's a great place, but yeah. we've got more. We've got more to go. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. Thank you. Thanks for tuning into the D Spot. Find me, Dr. Dana McNeil, and my guests on social media using the links down below. Subscribe for new episodes weekly and leave a comment letting us know how and if you can relate or what topics you'd like us to cover next. See you next time. And don't forget, going to therapy is cool. <laughs>